The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, today on Lulz, we bring back a, a guest for the third time. You know him, of course, as Mr. Whistles Go Woo. We're going to talk to him about what he's been up to in DFS. Of course, we will get his thoughts on Sims. He might even have some spicy things to say about our previous guest, Utakao. We're going to do it all today on Lulz. Let's go. I, does he think... I it's think he thinks this He thinks this is a go. Vegas Dave thinks this is a go. Hot naked girls doing yoga. What? Why don't you just win like a man? Random.org. <laughs> Type in one for yes, two for no, and let the DFS guys pick for you. And I'm absolutely begging you not to do bus. <laughs> Please don't do bus. All right, Whistles. Um, I'm just going to let the chat ask all the questions today. So we'll just come in right hot here. Eric Johnson wants to know, do you work for Run Pure Sports now? Yeah, I don't even get to say hi to the people. They just no. want to go right at it. That's they just right. want to go, no foreplay, no how are you doing, how is it in Connecticut these days? No, no, no. Do you work for Run Pure Sports? I, I, I don't, but I work with Run Pure Sports. So I have a new website. I know last time I was there, I was just doing some janky thing with you guys last time. But I have like a legit website, eattheshark.com, which I may show you. And we have one tool right now that we're doing in conjunction with Run Pure. Brian, do you think um, Whistles is here because he just was genuinely excited to to chop it up with two of his best friends in the industry or to kind of Trojan horse a promotion for his new show on here? Or I, new think, site? I don't know. I think because I think he got uh, interested watching our last show, maybe because he tweeted to come on the show. So we extended the invite. Uh, well, you guys were the first person to ask me to go on a show a couple of years back. Right. So I think an annual yeah. visit seems about appropriate. Right. And, uh, and, and the, the tables have turned because we had to track down your adjunct uh, professor email address the first time. And now you just slide into our mentions and invite yourself onto the show. So we've come a long way. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get even deeper if anybody has any questions. Well, so when you responded, when we were having you on, I think you responded to that tweet like while we were on the air with Yuta. So what, so what were you thinking when you were like, Hey, I, I assume something he said, you know, spurred something in you that was like, Hey, I have uh, comments on that. I'd like to get on there and talk about it. Well, uh, you know, I know him well. Uh, we, 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 we have some history together. I think, uh, in the beginning he called me his kryptonite, I think. Um, I like to think I still am. Uh, he's a great player, but you know, we can look at the qualifiers for the world championship if I can show that real quick. And we'll see sure, if you come up with come up with yeah. receipts here, yeah, I'm ready for ready for action. So, 
Here we go. Can you guys see the Excel file here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. These are the qualifiers thus far. Uh, need lunch money. Now, he's a good player, right? Ishbu is awesome, too. You can look at us. Yeah, a little bit of a horse race there. Um, so at, at some point, we uh, we were going to wager that whoever got to the full 10 first, not this year, but a previous year, we would have to chop a little bit of uh, the other person's entries, but we didn't actually end up doing that. But anyway, uh, so we always have a little bit of joshing going around. Actually, tonight, and I saw Shady Advice wrote something in the uh, in the chat here. So me and Shady Advice have a runoff tonight also. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so, yeah. Brian, are you in this qualifier competition? I've never done qualifiers, really. Really? really? Mm -mm. No. I never, uh, I never thought the live final was worth the value. It's a fun uh, trip, though. And uh, I never go on the trips. Uh, I've won. I've won one or two. I never went. And uh, that's just me. Obviously, someone else would get value there. And uh, like most of those are like small, small fields. And I've always kind of focused on like large, very large fields too. So that's another reason I never really focused on. Is it is it for you, whistles? It, it's just the experience of getting to go meet a bunch of people. Have have the trip or do you think it is like an an ev exercise so certainly in the beginning it was the trip that got me excited about it i think yeah i mean i don't know there's some times where i hit all of them right away and so then you know i think that i've in some of them there's been like 100 qualifiers i got to five within 40 i don't know what it was golf or whatever i mean not golf basketball or baseball or whatever football they're they're pretty expensive so you really have to hit it big during the event but i mean Suppose someone said, would you want to buy into the world championship at, let's just say, 70K an entry, right, with a 12 half a million dollar prize pool? I don't know that I'd buy all 10, but I'd certainly be interested in at least a few, right? Brian? Yeah, I mean, I think it can be an EV positive thing. Of course, you know, you only get one shot a year at something as big as the football one. But if you're doing all of them, I think you get to, you get to have enough of a handful a year that it might be. Uh, yeah, I know. Honestly, I didn't really listen to all that. <laughs> you probably like I, I would the way I would do it if I was going to do it is I would just look for the ones that are like definitely going to overlay because that seems to happen a decent amount in qualifiers, stuff like that. But I don't know, whatever. I don't care. I don't, I don't care about qualifiers personally. I can understand where somebody else does. Brian, but, isn't it? It's, it's because you're afraid that if you go to one of these qualifiers, you are going to become such a star that DraftKings is going to ask you to do Chasing the Goat season three. <laughs> kind of limelight. It would blow me up too big, Pete. That's why I don't do it. Yeah. 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 So, Whistles, is, is Uticao the greatest DFS player of all time? Mm, no. Uh, maybe. Uh, I think the greatest of all time is Osmo. So, I've, uh, you know, we'll talk about Sims probably. Yeah. Um, I've done quite a few analyses, obviously, of what people have picked over the years since I've joined. Um, and although Osmo doesn't buy in quite as much as Yoda does anymore, the rest of the guys, I think he, uh, I believe that he is the goat of DFS. I, uh, based on what I've seen in my analysis, I think he picks best. That's my answer. I, that, it's hard to argue. I mean, Yoda, the last, like, year or two has banked a lot of millies yeah so he's won seven millies overall i'm at four seven figure plus wins right uh he took one for me because of a defense and won some other time so yeah he's, he's hit a lot of months like he's a bad player he's a great player but uh 
you know. Did you? Are you counting your like live final, uh, Millie's? I'm counting that. Well, I've only had one. I mean, I've come in second in some months, but I've only had one live final seven figure hit that first one. And then you had three uh, millies yeah. in this like regular week. And, and were those large field too? Uh, Have you won one of those? I don't think I've ever hit one of the soup, one of the large field ones. No, only the yeah. Ones. Those are really hard to hit, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, he he's he's just won so many like recently, and also too like. It's, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not keeping track. So you would. You would know better clearly. But yeah, it just seems like the last year or two, he's. He's been. He's been crushing. He. Yeah. He definitely. Uh, he hits the. I think he has two this year already. So yes. No. He. He, he wins a lot. He's a good player. I think I'd give Osmo the, the the nod though. Whistles when you hear because you know we were kind of trying to pin Yuta down a little bit on his process and the way he describes it it is it's just like I'm almost going to out project you and I'm going to kind of be on my own island and have unique projections that are also better projections than you it still seems like there's a secret sauce a special sauce there whether that's game theory or whatever that allows him to be so successful like what is your read on what Yuta is doing to be so successful. I actually think he's probably telling the truth. And I don't know if he, I mean, maybe he has better projections that I can't tell, but I do think that if you have projections that are different from the fields projection, I'm talking about the standard sites, they're just different and they're equal quality. You're going to ship a lot of contests because on the days that you're wrong, fine, you lose. But like how often do we lose 60, 70% of our buy-ins this happens all the time. So whatever you lose those nights, but the nights where those projections are the right ones, you're on. How would you compare like your style of play or your strengths um, and the things you do well to, to Yuta? I think, uh, I think, well, Yuta also, I think it's very hard to tell exactly what he's doing. I think it's probably pretty hard to tell exactly what I'm doing as well. I ship, I, I don't have any kind of standard every single day model. I just don't have them. I change my models every single day. I go for more wild picks someday more conservative picks the other day. This somehow depends on how the field is moving also. But I would say my – so I've talked to, like, for example, uh, I think it was Papa Gates saw me at a live final once. He was like, dude, I have no clue what you're picking. You're a wild man. And, I, you know, that's part of the game I play. I think uh, it's really hard to pin down what I do because I don't do anything uh, consistently. Do you – like, it's – it's. I was going to say, like, that question's impossible to answer because you did it, like, doesn't really – answer the questions when he's been, you know, on two interviews that we, ours and, and Levitan did one. It's just hard to tell what, what he's doing. Do you, do you think he's just basically doing what he was, what you could kind of reasonably interpret what he said is like, just like using fan graphs and, you know, making some of his own projections, doing most of it by hand and uh, using fantasy cruncher and then popping in 150. And that's, that's the end of the day. Or you think he's BSing? Do you think he's work? I mean, Petty's talking in the chat here that he thinks he works with other people. You think? I mean, what? What? What do you think? What do you think he's really doing? I, I don't think he spends minimal time. Uh, I think at some point, and I don't want to. You know, I hate quoting a guy, but I think at some point he said. So I was really good in show NFL showdowns a couple of years ago. I think I was like, I, I mean, nobody else was playing them as much, and I was just crushing them because I was spending the time on them or whatever. It's obviously become a lot more competitive, right? You can't. I mean, the ROI I had on showdowns two and three years ago is outrageous, okay? Those things don't exist anymore. And he, I think he mentioned at some point to me that he was going to spend 
more than what he tip what he had previously on showdown. So I think that's an indication maybe he spends a little bit more time thinking about his lineups than maybe he let on. But you know, who knows? He is Yoda Cow. He's a great player. Brian, what do you when when Whistle says he changes his model like on a slate by slate basis, what uh what pops into your head? Nothing. I mean, that makes, uh, well, I guess something. I mean, it, I mean, I fiddle with my stuff all the time. So like maybe it's something like that, just small adjustments, or maybe he's got some, some way where he can uh, differentiate based on what he's feeling from uh, like a big cohort of lineups that are all pretty good or something. Um, you know, there's a bunch of, there's a million ways, million ways to do it. Where do you fall whistles on that? that spectrum of, you know, uh, you'd have had the line last week knowing ball is the projection. And he does seem like someone who is actually watching a ton of sports using that to inform his projections. Where on that spectrum do you fall? But I think, I think that I aligned with him on. So I did a lot of consulting prior to getting involved with this DFS stuff and I would buy I would build optimization tools for all, you know, large corporations. Yeah. But I mean, these things are decision support tools. They're not like, the final result is not what you should use, yeah? And I, I'm sure Brian does this stuff too, right? Like, it's when you go to Saberson, you go to Fantasy Crunch or whatever, you run your model, you get your results. You're not just going to use exactly what it spits out. You're going to tinker with it, right? I mean, you need these tools. You need to be able to hit them. But I think if you understand the sporting event itself, okay, I think it really helps you. I mean, I used to always tell everyone all models are wrong. Some are useful. And I think that applies here, right? And, and these tools are useful in it. If you really know the sport, I think you can do very well. I mean, take take the guys that run pure, all right? Uh, he, I mean, they, they, they are sports fans and they compete with all the analytics and machine learning and all that crap that I do, right? Um, there's something to it, right? And I think that, you know, Yoda Cow plays at the top of the game. He's one of the better players, obviously. And so I, I absolutely, I think he knows the sport. Also, definitely knows players and follows and knows all this stuff. So I think I think the best of the best combine, you know, what the state of the art in the industry is as far as analytics together with some knowledge of sports. That's my guess. We asked we asked him to give like one tip to people, and um, I don't think he did. Did he compete or <laughs> he gave some tip though? Do you got any tips uh, he, this time you want to share? He did say that adjusting the type of lineup you're playing for contest size was something he mm. thinks most people are overlooking uh, a good bit. Yeah. I mean, if you're not – look, like the lineups that I put – so me and Shady, Shady Advice is here, so I'll, I'll just tell him. Uh, the lineup I'm putting against him and what I'm putting elsewhere is not going to be the same thing, obviously, right? It's a head-to-head for something that has value of 70K, yeah? Um that is a totally different ball game than trying to win the million maker tonight. Right. I mean, you just, by necessity, I mean, just think about how different it is to try to beat one person that's playing well versus trying to play against a ton of other people. Right. It's just, you know, you gotta, you gotta think about that. And I think ownership is important there. Uh, probably just thinking about ownership is the most important that's my guess so tinkering with projections i don't know maybe that's important more important really is tinkering with ownership and thinking about like game outcomes that other people might be overlooking and trying to ship it that way when you first time you came on here you said you didn't incorporate ownership into your stuff i believe not as much right and i think that uh as far as the 
top players well i've been moving more and more towards ownership because i think people are getting better right so it's a little it's a little harder for me to just build a model to score the most points nowadays very hard to do uh yeah i mean ownership but i i I still think that so on the super super large field stuff i think about ownership like crazy uh even on the smaller size contests i do as well but less so because i mean am i gonna like if, if yoda's in the yoda plays against me every day yeah I'm going to use his historical play to try to figure out what he's going to do tonight. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, very hard to do, right? I just don't see how that's possible. And I, I think the same thing goes for me against those people, right? How are they going to – any model you build for what I do, I, I, I may, maybe if you're really, really good at stuff, but I don't think it's going to work to figure out what I'm going to do. So ownership goes out the window, you know? I, I, I For the really, really short things, I, I just don't know – yeah, I mean, you might want to get away from some of the players depending on the size of the thing, but you you really hard to understand how these top players are 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 working. So I think for the large scale, of course, because there's tons of lineups, you have to think about how to get away from the field. But I don't think so much in the smaller scale stuff. Well, that's why I think it was kind of hard to take Yuta's comments at total face value because what you're saying is like for a while, just good projections alone were enough to win. And now as projections in the field have gotten so much sharper, like game theory and ownership have become a much more important piece of the puzzle where Yuta still just kind of like, nah, my projections are better than yours. You know, so that's why it's kind of like, are, are his that much better than he, that he doesn't have to worry about ownership because you played at a high level and you are now worrying about it much more than before. Uh, I'm, look... I, yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna say. Listen, he, I don't know what he does. Let's be honest, right? But he does. He think about how I play when he's setting up his lineups. I mean, I don't know me, but other good players, I would say he must, right? I mean, I, I don't know how you couldn't, at least to some degree. Mm. Yeah, it depends yeah, on think- the field size too, right? Like, again, back to like how much are you incorporating that? He's you probably have to incorporate it less in super small. Uh, field high stakes stuff versus like you have to think about that much more in Millie maker type contests at least the way that i do it but i do think some of these really sharp betters that are in the smaller fields probably think about how i specifically pick how yoda specifically picks how these people specifically maybe i, I really don't know actually but for me more importantly on the big ones that's what i do with ownership so, so what do you think, like, with that in mind, with the new the new Sims out there now? I mean, I'm sick of fucking talking about these, but I do. I'm interested in your thoughts. Of, Seems like uh, you're sick of talking about everything today, Brian. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, anyways, um, the uh, what was what was it talking about? Yeah, so the Sims, yeah. like, the you know the, the 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 kind of standard process they're using of a fake field and then comparing lineups to it. What's your kind of like general take on this? there will be so much bias that you'll think you have profitable lineups, but you might not. So just be careful. Right. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, they may say that you have an ROI of, I don't know, 10%, 5%, but I mean, can, as if you're doing it across multiple sites and lots of different projections, maybe, but using one site, checking out your ROI based on whatever simulation model they have is going to give you so much bias towards moving towards, I mean, just what beats people that are using service X. So take SaberSim, for example. Okay. If you're going to use anything, basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to beat those people that are using SaberSim End the story, nothing else. If you're, cause that's how are you going to get an ROI out of those contest sims? The only way you're going to get a positive ROI 
is if you're beating people that are putting in lineups that are according to how Saberson projections go and their models and their distributions and all that stuff. So, okay, fine. You can beat the run-of-the-mill person using the the the, the Saberson projection model, but what about the run-of-the-mill person using, I don't know, Establish the Run or Stochastic or their own projection or number fire even, right? I mean, you can use some open source projection model that sometimes is closer than what the top sites are doing and you're not beating those people, right? So you have to be a little bit careful, I think, with that. The more important thing is not the actual average return. It's your variance in your return. So if you were to do that a million times, how often are you profitable across multiple different projection sites? That's a more reasonable way of doing it. Doing one projection site, one run, looking at your ROI against one generated field. But I don't trust that as a proper way of evaluating. So, Brian, if, oh, so you're not doing that then apparently. You're not you're not making your own field. Uh not in the way that they're thinking about it, no. Well, what does that mean? Well, I mean, I don't necessarily use simulation to determine how profitable an entry is. You don't um, have to use simulation for it. There's other ways of evaluating the quality of a lineup on profitability. It doesn't have to be simulated. So everybody's sim, 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 sim. Sure, yeah, I use simulations for some things, okay? But it's not everything, right? And sometimes I do rely more on simulation. Like I said, so I told you, right? I use different models all the time. Sometimes my model is based on simulation a little bit with this contest sim ideas. Sometimes it's a totally different way of evaluating the profitability of a lineup. Right. But just sounds like generally speaking, you're not doing, uh, you're not really doing this at all. Like this kind of version of predicting what your opponents are going to be playing and then comparing lineups to it. Not, not, not at least in the way that they're proposing to do it. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know what that means. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you, I make, you make a field <laughs> and run lineups against it. I mean, I have a version of my model that does that. I have other versions of my model that don't do anything to do with that and absolutely do not build lineups against a field of generated entries. Got it. There's a question because I, I there's a profit. One thing that's talked about a lot, everyone, the sims are biased toward whatever the site's projections are. I keep hearing that a ton. I get that. It makes sense. But in the same way that a lot of early DFS players were aggregating projections, like what would happen if you just aggregate aggregated all the top sites projections, aggregated their ownership and then run contest sims in sims based on that aggregated thing. Wouldn't that remove the bias and give you the best totality of how the field is going to play? So if I go right now and I look at the differences between stochastic and saber sim for today, the differences in the projections, the bigger difference, the biggest difference in projection is Rashid Shahid at 6.87 versus 7.94. Every other person is within a point of one. it doesn't actually matter if you aggregate sims i don't think so but then yeah, doesn't that say that the sims are biased toward whatever sites projections if all the sites are using the same then all the sims using, should be good because they're all you they're all using the exact same data to produce their projections right so they're using like prop lines they're using game lines they're using basically the same historical projections and some news but they're all using basically the same source data much more important is the distribution of the players so you give me uh, Shahid, okay? Somebody might build a model where his, uh, I don't know, his the skew in his projection 
is 1.0. Someone might use a model where skewing this projection is a 1.5. And I think that's more important. And also, like, how are you going to tell me how exactly some the people like in order to use these contest sims, you have to be able to generate not only ownership projections, but entire lineup projections. You need to tell me for this lineup, like, what are the chances someone builds that lineup, right? The ownership itself of an individual. So there's a couple issues. A couple issues is that the player points, projection is important, but distribution is way more important, okay? Because if you tell me someone has a projection of six versus eight, but the high end of their distribution is the same, they're the same to me, right? I mean, if a guy projected at six scores six points, I don't really care about that individual. But the guy with a six that scores 16 points, that's the simulation I care about. Also, they score 18 points or whatever. So six and eight. So that's one thing. Second of all, when you're looking at ownership projections, we're talking about the projection for a player. You need to somehow think about the projection of an entire lineup being owned, not just the number. Not, and so in these contest sims, they're not just saying the ownership is 50. They're saying I'm assembling lineups where the, I don't know, where the ownership is 50, but you have to do that in a way that the lineups are each what other, I, I don't know. I just don't see it as a viable way of doing it. Certainly not by just going ahead and, aggregating projections or something like this yeah they, they use play-by-place distributions in those sims uh, at least in saber sim does some maybe some do i i don't think I mean, they, they do unless they're committing fraud well, <laughs> i mean but i thought i saw an article where they said we try to simulate an entire game of some sport and they said they can't really do it wasn't there an article out by them i mean we just had them on a couple days ago so then maybe they're doing it. Play-by-play sim for the NFL or for all sports? For, I think, all of the ones that they do. All right. So maybe they are using play-by-play sims. I have no, I, 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 I have never gone into their systems. It could very well be. I don't know, right? Uh, yeah. It anyway. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You, you don't, you yeah. generally don't like the, like the process. That's totally fair. Um, do, do you make your own projections now? Because I think last time you were on here, you were, you were mainly aggregating. That's what you yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, depends on the sport. So, uh, golf for sure, totally different from the field, uh, basketball. No, I use sites too hard. Uh, it, when I say too hard, uh, I'm a one man situation here and you got to very quickly incorporate all the injury lose and understand what that's going to happen to different lineups and the people that are going to be on the court at the same time. Super hard for me to do at least. So basketball, I just use the sites. Where on the number of hours a week uh, that you spend on on DFS, what where do you fall on that uh, spectrum? A lot, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Full time job ish. Are you still More teaching? Time. I am, yeah, professor. I got tenure at UConn. Love that job. I'm actually on sabbatical, so I have a year off, which is great. Uh, okay. With the sabbatical, you could either take a half a year at full pay or a full year at half pay. I obviously went for the full year at half pay. Um, and so, yeah, I'm still at UConn. Love that job. They they, they like having me around. It's all working out great. Did, have you upped your play this year because you have more time without the day job? Um, I don't know. It's not uh, possible. <laughs> he, was playing, he was playing a ton already. Yeah, maybe. Not. I mean, if anything, actually, so I've got three little kids now, five, three, and one. Um, I'm strongly considering not playing basketball DFS. And it's not, I've been extremely profitable on basketball DFS. 
year after year showdowns. No, every- no, I can already hear the whispers. Whistles is quitting because uh, he can't no, beat the games uh, anymore. Uh, I can beat basketball. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'll, I, basketball for sure. I've been very profitable. Uh, but it's a, it's, yeah, I don't know. With a five, three, and a one year old, yeah. is it worth it to play for? I mean, obviously there's some money there, but you know, concentrate on the big sports, maybe. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about the same thing too, or maybe just doing uh, small slates because small slates on NBA, sometimes you could even do the get basically the lock in, like if it's a two, three gamer, and then you don't got to worry about it. But they, they, that would be great if they changed that. It'd be better for recreational players. I, 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 I told them just please make it no late swap. Now, I know that's probably why I am profitable, actually. I would bet yeah. you got a really good late swap model in basketball. It's a, I, I don't know if it's better than everyone else out there, but it's a really, really good late swap model. And so maybe that's where I get my ROI there. But I think it's just, I mean, you know, try having three little kids and playing NBA DFS every night. It's not the simplest thing in the world, I promise you. So tell us about this new site, because uh, no joke, like I went to your bio before the episode and I clicked your site and I was like, I'm pretty sure this isn't the same site that you were promoting last year on there. So tell us, what happened to the old site and what's, what's the new endeavor? The old site was a horrible idea. <laughs> the, uh, the, the new site is hopefully a reasonable idea. Um, so yeah, actually giving models to people. So eat the sharks.com. Cause there's always sharks trying to eat me. So I'd be eat the sharks. You know what I mean? Uh, so you guys can see the screen. Yeah. 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 All right. So we have all these things. I got an NFL survivor pool tool. Um, you have the grid. Obviously, we're a little further down the week, the the weeks or whatever. So what you can do is you can like either lock teams or whatever you want to do. So you lock, lock, lock. You can add a few entries, and then you know there's a couple more advanced features. Should you get into it, I recommend that everybody go there and try it out. And it runs the survivor pool for you. Um, yeah, I mean you can play around with different things. So maybe you look at this, you actually don't believe that the charge anyway. And so if you want, you can go ahead and you can play around with it. You can look only a part way through the season or all the way. There's a lot of different like levers here, especially when you have multiple entries. So that's one tool. I'll tell you guys another tool that people somehow don't know about. So if you go to, and you guys can see this for all these bad football games, this is literally what I'm planning. I mean, this is not projections, everybody. This is my actual right now ownership in the Millie maker on DraftKings, And if you want to, you know, there's links right there. So if you want to see what I'm doing with Kamara flex, like that's how often I have him, you can download and you can actually see my ownership. Let me just get it real quick. So this so you're is saying like, you've already uploaded your lineups for tonight. Correct. And these are the lineups. And, then, right- and if you say at lock, I assume you're going to rerun no your doubt. lineups, and then you're going to re-upload for people to see your updated exposures. It's automated. I don't. Mm. It, it's on, my my model runs for the big one, okay? Which is not the same thing I do in the high cost in the, the lower field, obviously, right? I mean, I think we talked about this. But if you want to know quite literally how often I'm doing things, this is it. So right now, uh, well, we'll go back to the site. Maybe it's easier to see. Um, they are ordered by the amount of time. So my number one. Captain is Kamara because you see I Kamara's flex and then Kamara's captain. Mm-hmm. This is I 10%. That's how often I have him right now in DraftKings. This is my real, real, real exposure. Not again a projection. This is actually what I'm doing. Of course, in football, I'm gonna run it again, but by you know, this will and this is time, right? So every time I uploaded my lineups, boom, boom, you see it going, right? And 
Of course, as the day goes on, it's going to change. Yeah. But it is quite literally what I'm doing. So if you want that, you just, you know, you, this is my real ownership. Um, and then we also have a showdown tool. One second, obviously the sites. And real quick, is what you're showing right now, um, is that, is it paywalled or you just need to make an account to see your lineups? What's the, how do you get the, uh, the sausage? It's paywalled. Okay. Uh, yeah, you can go and subscribe. Um, it's not, I don't think it's that expensive. You guys can check it out and make more opinions. Uh, but there you go. You have my actual exposure, everybody. It's there. Um, and then if you want, you can go to our showdown tool. So this is the thing that I'm doing with run pure. Uh, the idea is that I show projections and these won't be very different from the field, from the standard side. So it's a little bit different, whatever. So this is me and then selected. So suppose, and the purpose for this is the following, right? So like those that love understanding the sport and really thinking through what the options will be, you can come in, for example, you suppose you love Camara and you really think the defenses are going to be crap. You hit the show projections again, and this shows you the projection under the scenarios where these are the, these are like the ones that you should focus on. Now you might contend with why I went from 16 to, to 20.73, but again, this is kind of a proprietary where, where I've developed a way that modifies the projections and filters the simulations in certain ways, uh, or at least weights them in different ways, which brings them to a point is this is really, because I mean, a lot of people say, I want to lock Camara, but what, what, let's do a, a better option. Okay. Suppose you want to lock, I don't know, Trevor Lawrence. Okay. So you come here, Trevor Lawrence, you think he's going to do well. Okay. So people are like, I really want Trevor Lawrence, but then you say to yourself, well, okay, but what does that mean for everybody else? Right. So I think most people, they go to either Saberson, Finn or Cruncher or whatever optimizer out there. They have their projections. They modify their projections. They upload them. They run it right with some parameters that they choose. I don't know. At most two diversity, three, whatever. I don't, I don't know what people do. So, but they also have to have, they have to say, okay, well, I mean, if Trevor Lawrence is going to do better than projected, yeah, like what should I do? And of course, some of the receivers need to go up actually on both sides because there's some deep correlation between, you know, different people and so forth and so on. So you can play around with it. You can have like, if you're entering 150, you can do 25 lineups where you say Kamara is great, everyone else is horrible. You can do 25 lineups where, I don't know, Carr does great or Carr is horrible, right? So fine. And then you update it and you see it, and it will modify everybody else accordingly. So it's almost like a micro view on like a play-by-play -play sim of showing how these correlations uh, work across players. Correct. And when you download it, you'll be able to like see, for example, and then upload this directly to any service. Like this is the projection that you would use on just like the baseline, right? I mean, it says what's mm -hmm. the baseline. And then for your selection, the car, that what did I do? Car was horrible. Yeah, there you go. You can see that. And I mean, you can do all types of things, right? If you want to see what the differences are, you just whatever like this. And then if you wanted to, you can upload these directly. So you see that, you know, well, I should do the other way, but it doesn't matter. You see that actually the Jaguars defense should go up. I know red is the wrong way here, but I'll do it the right way. So yeah. So let me ask you the question, Whistles, that, you know, every every tout gets asked, right, when they start putting this stuff up publicly or even behind a paywall of why, why would you share this stuff? You've had all this success kind of keeping your process behind closed doors. Why would you show people your exact exposures, how you're doing this stuff? Um, what What's the reason? Because I want everyone to perform better. No, just kidding. No. To make I, mean, <laughs> I don't think anybody runs a site that has a paywall that doesn't think they can make money off of the site, right? I think this is a 
I look like I I believe that this won't hurt my DFS play. Certainly won't hurt my I don't know survivor pool play or March Madness, which we're gonna have soon. I don't you think it your survivor pool edge. What an idiot yeah. whistles. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I'm not so sure. But anyway, regardless, um, I think yeah. I mean, I I believe that this will be a money making thing for me. I don't. Th- I think the tools are very good. Okay, and I do think that if people subscribe to it, look like you get to see my exposure. That might help you understand how you should handle big fields, right? And I think. Yeah, you see my uh, projection that I'm producing, and you're seeing what happens when you think about a game flow. Okay, and yeah, I mean, I'm not look. Yeah, <laughs> again, I don't think anyone makes one of these sites not to make money, right? I mean, they may say that, but I obviously that's not true. So I'm trying to make money, but I also think that these are good tools, and I think I think it'll be first of all, it's fun. Okay, I, I am having fun creating the site. That yeah, you can believe me, that's true. Okay, and then I can come out here and say, oh, I want to help the small guy make money. Yeah, in some sense, because I want to give them a value proposition that helps them make money while also having fun with it. So I am in in principle, but obviously I think it's a good way of showing people how to do things. I think it's a good way of making money. I think my educational background coupled with decent analytics in a in an activity that I've been doing for a very long time. I don't know. I think it makes sense. Brian, are you going to become a sub? Uh, if I enter a bunch of survivor pools, yeah, probably have to. <laughs> there you go um whistles i do know you have another show um you know yes. it, it, it's crazy that you guys over at run pure try to go head to head with us on on lulls on on thursdays i keep waiting for you guys to capitulate and uh, shift your show back yeah well i think uh well i don't know who should shift their show but anyway uh yeah you know i'm, I'm sharing i'm here too right yeah no we appreciate you uh Coming on, I mean, we do have to ask you the age-old question, but I, I do have to do a remix on it because I already know what the answer is going to be. So are, are you on Team Hoop or Team Tambo? <laughs> Guess. <laughs> uh, oh, I wait. Uh, is it? It's that tribalistic for you? Like once you got synced up with Run Pure Sports, it's down with Hoop. That's just kind of you got to toe the no, company line. I'm not going down on anybody, but I will. I just, I, you know, <laughs> Big T and I have been friends for a while. I, you know, he's one of my best friends in the industry. That's all. I'm not trying to, you know, I, I, I don't have to talk about how anyone else feels about anybody else. I just have a relationship with Big T. We've been talking about doing things together for a very long time. And I think Run Pure has a very good site. I think the guys there are awesome. They're fun to be around. They have good knowledge. And that's it. Brian, any final questions here? Before we get him off to the showdown shipper show. No, no. Thanks for coming on. Whistles. We appreciate you. We'll put your link to the site. uh, Eat the sharks in the chat. Always fun catching up with you. But I will say whistles. If you come back in another year and you're promoting a third different site, that's when I'm going to call bullshit on, on what you're doing over there. All right. Fair. I think this one is there to stay, but we'll find out. All right. All right. Best of luck. Thanks for coming on whistles. We'll see you. All right. Talk to you later. Peace. Later. All right, whistles go woo. Brian, you're in a spicy mood today. He's not going down on anyone, Pete. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this is the real one. Travis wants to know the feud between Brian and whistles. It was uh, after the sixth time he said right or whatever. The thing, <laughs> right? Oh, man. I don't know, man. Uh, I, maybe I'm in a bad mood today. It, I'm not Baker, all right? Petty, unlike you. 
know. Yeah. Chats with Petty for no reason. Um, it's all right. I I feel it. I think I was in a I was in a bad mood last week. It it happens. It happens. Um any any other uh fallout from from talking to whistles? I actually thought in the when we started when he started going on um player distribution stuff, there's actually some interesting nuggets in there uh that he shared that was kind of fun to hear. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, part of it, uh, my answer probably is I'm sick of talking about Sims so much, but that was interesting yeah. getting his take on it. Um, I mean, it, it seems to me like a lot of these guys don't know how like these field Sims work in some like easy workarounds to some of their concerns, which I won't say because I don't want the sites doing them. Yeah. You know? uh, so like, uh, but you know, whatever. And I mean, you know, he's just like, I got a, I got a, I got a model for everything. He's got his own sim he does with the fields. He's got some algorithmic machine learning sims and he's just, whatever he feels he puts in and that's it. You know, how, how much of this into, because again, like it did seem like we were venturing into semantics territory with like my model, my machine learning model versus sim. Like, aren't we, isn't that stuff all kind of falling under a very similar umbrella ultimately? I mean, kind of. I mean, the the sim stuff. There is there is definitely the way it's it's set up or typically set up is there. You, I mean, it could really screw you because just like an just like an optimizer can. You know, we've yeah. said it a million times where it it thinks that this is the gospel. You know, like yeah. this is one hundred percent sure what's going to happen. So here's your ROI. So like it could it could really um, set you astray if like a lot of the variables are wrong. Do you think like, because Brian, I would say of all the high stakes DFS players who have been using Sims for a long time, I want to say you were the first to be doing a lot of content publicly. Like you were the first like Sim bro to be talking a lot, like regularly. And you were, you never revealed a ton. Like you were always just pretty upfront. Like I press a button and this is what it spits out and I have it coded and all of this stuff. Whereas it does feel like we've entered this song and dance era of other sim bros liking to talk about their big, beautiful sims and all the things they do, but in like the most cryptic way possible in the most oblique way possible, where it's like to the point of almost like confusion, I kind of appreciate your stance of just being like, I press a button and it spits it out as opposed to like trying to dress it up in a way, because even these back-to-back weeks, like talking to Yuda and Whistles, it's like, I'm trying to pin down on like what they're saying. And it, it feels like a moving target on what's going on. Like clearly there's an element of secret sauce and special sauce and not saying that you have to share that. No one has to share it. But also when you come on these shows and talk about it, it is kind of like disorienting some of these responses. Yeah, it's it's a tough uh, tap dance. Uh, so I, I, it kind of makes sense that they they would make it confusing because they're probably tap dancing in their head on how to answer some of these questions. And then and then like if you were if you if you respond on one thing like you did with like the sim the typical sim process, then that leads to questions about your yours, and then it leads to insinuations on what you're doing, and then yeah. you got to start you know babbling. And it, the, the real frustrating thing, Pete, and you, I know you agree with me, is people don't see the DMs we get from these guys. <laughs> and, like, we, we're expecting a big show with all this, the shots taken at other players and hot takes. And uh, we, we got collusion accusations last week, so that's all we right. Did. You know, and stuff like that. But, like, 
And then, and then, like ten minutes into the interview, I'm like, none of that's gonna fucking happen again. Why do we keep doing this? <laughs> I know. And then I, I get, I look like the idiot. I have, you know, I put shots fired on the thumbnail because you know, Whistle says he's gonna come in here and talk some shit about Yuta. And then, uh, I mean, the closest he came to talking shit was saying he's the second best player of all time behind Osimo, and that's yeah, the first yeah. best. <laughs> and he's only got three tickets where he's got four. So. <laughs> To the line, I mean, but we, I, it's not even just whistles. Brian's a furry. Like, you'd have basically told us that he would, like, fire off on any name in DFS, like, who's a well-known name. And so we're like, all right, let's pepper him with names. Because it's basically going back to the chess is okay, right? Chess is okay. Let us pepper him with yeah. names. And he just, like, unfiltered, just tearing people down. We're like, all right, let's let's do that. Then then you get behind uh, the camera here. And then you're like, eh, I don't know. I think I'm good. And he also specifically un what's it called uninitiated. I didn't said ask me about my process. Yeah, and I was like, oh, beautiful. So I'm just gonna grill as hard as I can because yeah, he he put it out there where I was gonna yeah. anyways. But like not you know if he started pushing back, we you know it's he's a guest, so he'd be nice. <laughs> so, but like and then after like 40 minutes, I'm like, I don't think he's gonna answer any of these fucking questions. I, I will actually take zero notes about how to interview in these styles because what people people always say, and I forget who it was, the guest, it's like, grill them harder, come out hard. I think it was maybe even like the hoop one yeah, or whatever. Think, yeah. People do not understand that if you grill an interview subject, especially one who's not used to being on camera a lot, they will tighten up, they will go into their shell, and you will get nothing. The reason Joe Rogan is such a good interviewer is because he has three-hour interviews where he gets people loose you think about the mark Marin interviews all of the best nuggets come at the end of those interviews once the guest is relaxed and let uh you know has kind of let their guard down but if you come in hot if you ask aggressive questions you will get nothing the best way to actually get something is softballs early on unfortunately we don't have enough time with whistles but we actually did get him saying some interesting stuff once he kind of wanted to actually start explaining his process, but I will take zero notes on how to get stuff out of guests because you guys have no yeah. clue. The other thing is if you grill people hard, no one then wants to come on the show. What well, I want to come on the show to watch Brian and Peter pin the screws down. Then all of our guest pipeline draws up. Why do you think someone like J Mac wanted to come on the show? Because he saw the interview with Hoop. He saw this and he's like, oh, they'll give me a place to talk. So don't worry guys, we'll do the interviewing uh, and people can keep sliding into our DMS to be guests on the show. Um, we are happy to do that, but yeah, not everyone can be uh, a chess is okay level, you know, scorcher. Right, and and like you don't, you know, you don't. I'm not complaining. Like you don't have to come on here and take shots at, at people. I'm just saying, like they kind of said, said they were going to said gonna, in the, privately that they privately had to be, they were going to yeah. do X, Y, and Z, and then and then like I don't know, like you know, pretty early in both uh, both, especially the Yuta one. Me and you were probably thinking the same thing. <laughs> this is a real question. When are we going to get Dolphin Attic on, Brian? He's your he's your latest Twitter. I, if guy. anyone knows who Dolphin Attic sixteen is, uh, DM me or just tag me on Twitter with his his handle. Have you seen his new uh, avatar in DraftKings? No, he changed it. It's it's the Travis uh, it's the Travis Petty uh, ball knowing meme uh, image. Oh, you know, shit. with the so big he, braid with Travis's head on it. He probably follows me already. Then I wonder what his <laughs> handle is. <laughs> I tweet yeah. about this guy like twice a day. He's probably. Yeah. 
when I saw you replying to my Miami Dolphins tweet earlier, I was like, I knew this was going to be a Dolphinatic uh, reference. It just cracks me up so hard. It's like we talk about this shit every week for hours on end, all the different intricacies. And it's like, who won? Dolphinatic 16 again. <laughs> so good. I was dying because I, I think it was way – it was – the way I, I think I've told you this, how I use my podcast feed, and some people think this is crazy, but I basically use it as like a, an inbox where I subscribe to a ton of podcasts. And so I'll always have a bunch. And then I just like swipe, like that's not interesting. And so I have like this random Dolphins podcast in my podcast feed back when Laird was on it. And I was like listening to a few like really deep in the weeds, like Dolphins things. And it was, it's just still in my feed. I literally haven't listened to it in like three years. I know I should unsubscribe, but you know, I just swipe left on them. But anyways, the tweet I posted was a screenshot of an episode that said, why aren't more people talking about Raheem Moster in the MVP conversation, which is like the most, God, I all I care about is laundry. Uh, take possible uh, there that I just had to get out on Twitter because it was had, it, it wasn't A Chan the MVP for like three of those weeks or two. Yes, it's so, like, ever running back is the starting running back for the Dolphins uh, this year is going to absolutely smash. Um, but yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, one thing I did want to hit on, Brian, uh, while we got a few more minutes here, because I know this was a hot topic of conversation in the Lulz Discord, which, by the way, if you guys are in the Deposit Kingdom, we do got the Lulz channel. Um, I, I genuinely appreciate it because you guys give us a show and segment ideas with the stuff you uh, post in there a bunch. But people were talking about Captain Jack, who at a point last week kind of just like mysteriously disappeared from the unabated Discord. And then on top of that, deleted his personal Twitter and YouTube account. Uh, what were your initial thoughts when you saw that, Brian? Well, uh, not not being in that Discord and knowing the details, I thought it was um, uh, that he's an alcoholic and they had to fire him. No, uh, that he, um, he was like just sick of the customer service, which I can, yeah. um, I can understand, you know, like having to do that is can be super frustrating, you know, and like, I don't really deal with it much at all. So like, imagine on whatever the scale they're at. And I think he just like maybe blew up a couple times. And then eventually it's just like, okay, take me off, take me off the customer service team. And maybe he was just up, just upset with dealing with people in general and just not delete. What's the, what's the, just what's it called? And you don't delete your account. You could oh deactivate, deactivate it. Yeah. Just yeah. doing that. Well, to me, that part made sense and people were floating. There was like a screenshot from the discord where I think he had gotten really mad at one of the customers or whatever, the community members in there. Um, and so him like taking a step back from unabated, like made sense to me, but the like deactivating your own personal Twitter and YouTube account seemed like an even bigger thing going on than just having like a difference of opinions with the people you work with on a site, you know, like that's a pretty, that's a, you know, like say you and I, Brian, had this huge falling out and it's like, there's no more lulls and I unfollow Brick on Twitter. It's like, I'm sorry, Brian, like, you know, you, you mean a lot to me in my life, but I'm not deleting my Twitter account, or my <laughs> whole YouTube channel over you and I having a falling out. So that, that was the part that was confusing to me. Just can't fall asleep, you know, um, yeah. it's true. And you know, another thing that made me think too, Pete was like, wow, that was a lot, that site's a lot more corporate than uh, I, I would have guessed. I, I would have thought it was more like, 
like fantasy cruncher when you know dave would fly off the handle like dave's not quitting he's not getting fired no. <laughs> you know what i mean like so like i was like oh shit like he's got people he has to um uh, answer to it sounds like I figured it was just like him and Rufus, and then they hired some guy off of yeah uh, uh, Fiverr or something. You yeah, know? man, I from I, I will tell you like that when the times I've even heard about your experiences dealing with coders and developers and how hard that can be, both the amount of time it takes to get work done, communicating your ideas, then having to trust them with your code that they could easily you know do other things with, like it just results in all kinds of uh, messes there. And like we had Captain Jack on the program. We were talking a lot about problem gambling with him. And he's he's a passionate dude. He's both a very logical dude. I would like, you don't get to where he is in your understanding of sports betting and being a teacher and communicating those ideas um, without being very logical and level-headed. But he's also very passionate. Um, and it does seem like that customer support angle was just too much for him. Yeah, I think they, they kind of like, crossed wires or something. I don't know what the expression would be where it makes it look like he's would be good for that because of his videos. And that, I don't think those are the same uh, skills, you know, like mm -hmm. making good videos and, and clear understanding complex problems so that like normal people can understand it and handling when your site goes under and you can't do anything about it. Cause you're not the guy who's coding it in the background and explaining to pissed off customers that they're not going to get the product as like two completely different skill sets that maybe they, they probably, uh, who knows what's going on over there, but maybe they're like, Oh, Captain Jack, he talked, everyone loves him and he does, he does videos and stuff. So he can talk to the people. You know, It's like, no, you went to some guy who's just going to never blow up and just go, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe you comp the right people for a week or something. I don't know. Well, and it, it does go back to that thing, right? When you are, you know, bootstrapping a startup, everyone has to wear multiple hats, right? Because like you said, there is a role for a guy like Captain Jack at a sports betting startup where he just absolutely smashes that role and does the things he's really good at. But it's also probably hard when you're like, hey, we need someone to mod the Discord. We need someone to field these customer requests. Like, you know, I, I even remember like early on at ETR, like Andrew Wiggins, like support replied to my support email about. So like people have to early on at these sites do a lot of stuff that maybe isn't their strong suit. And I will give an actual update. Brian, I felt like this is the first time. Actually, no, maybe the second time because we did do our Ben the Better uh, deep dive. But I felt like a true journalist because I was like, you know what? We're going to end up talking about this on Lulz. I'll shoot the mayor, Peter Jen. Uh, a message and see if he could give me any information about what actually went down because there haven't been really any public statements. He passed on this message from Jack. I'm taking a break from social media. I'm still producing content, including new videos, as well as a new article later this week or early next week, depending on our release schedule from Jack. So it does seem like uh, Jack's just taken a little bit of a breather and, uh, and he will be back even making content. So um, I think he just needed a break, Brian. Yeah, which makes which makes a lot of sense. Um, it's almost better not to do any investigative work like that, Pete, because then we could wildly speculate. Uh, I know. <laughs> and you're, you're forgetting one, you're forgetting your your brilliant uh, League of Legends investigatory work with Sticks. Oh, that is true. That is true. I am under... Yeah, it's we do so little work for this show that I, I like have to pat myself on the back when I spend 30 seconds sending a, a message to, to Jennings about something we're going to talk about on the show. Right, right. Yeah. So, so you know, uh, I mean, it's it sounds like generally speaking, though, that that site, I just saw someone ask about unabated. I don't know, but it sounds like that site actually does provide a lot of 
value because I see a lot of gamblers complaining about it. <laughs> so whenever you see that well, professional players like saying they're ruining the edge, then that probably means they're probably doing some things right over there. So, um, yeah, I don't think I've ever I've gone on their I used their free version until they went like whatever full full cost. And also I went CSU had some old uh, stuff. He, he let me demo too. I don't know if they're uh, overlapping at all, but that was a yeah. long time ago. Um, P lags, you, you think we were naive knowing that whistles was coming on to talk about his new site. He literally told us he had his new site that he was coming on to talk about. My first thing was joking about him having ulterior motives for coming onto this program for his once a year, uh, promotion, but right. the, <laughs> we're not naive. Every single guest thing is transactional in some inherent way, whether someone wants exposure, whether they want their side of the story told and they want to use this platform to do it. No one is doing us favors coming on this program. No one is just this benevolent person that's like, you know what? An hour of my time with these guys? No, no, no. Everyone is running an operation to service something for their own benefit. Uh, so yeah, don't, don't act like that's some I, I, think, I think some of our guests a little more... Uh... Uh, what's but, the, but even, even like if I go on a pike, like, okay, you know, you're going to either promote your stuff or yeah. you want to, you want to be nice. You, and even that is that. the thing you're like, Oh, I want to show that I'm someone who's willing to go on these podcasts or help these out. Like that's an ulterior motive of it itself. I'm just saying like to think that people are coming on here, uh, without specific agendas is pretty naive. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. If you're, if you're making it that broad for Alter, but I do think like, like Dude, Alex probably comes on just cause he wants to have fun. You yeah. know, and he likes P legs. You need to listen. Whistles told us he was going to talk shit in the DMs. We just said this buddy, listen up. Uh, yeah. I, I would say nerdy is probably pretty close to, uh, to benevolent there other than yeah. ruining DFS. Ruining DF. <laughs> Don't forget this yeah. man ruined DFS people. Yeah. Unforgivable. Um, yeah. So look at only him. Now P lags for not paying attention during the show has put me in the pissy mood that you're in, Brian. So now we're both in a pissy <laughs> now mood. I'm, now I'm having fun. <laughs> Pete's all pissed off. That's true. Um, yeah. So so with, with whistles too. I I, I, mean, I mean we're off of him, but like back to him briefly. Another thing he mentioned uh, was like the distribution thing. Remember we were talking yeah. about how Saberson. But if he doesn't make his own projections, it's pretty tough to do distributions. Like you really have to do some funky math hacks to kind of get that in there. Um, yeah. I wanted to mention that before and I, and I didn't get it, but um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on. Well, isn't again, this one? I wanted to go back to the semantics thing. Like, isn't that what a SIM is doing? It's handling a distribution range of outcomes. So like, if you're talking about understanding player distributions, but then trying to separate that from the SIM conversation, that, that part was confusing to me. Yeah, that's, that's right. I mean, we're like I, I've always simple simplified. It's like we're all guessing, you know. It's just like what is the way you're guessing, and who's you know who's the best who's the best guesser. And if you if you're just a dude who doesn't know a whole lot about how to play DFS and stuff, maybe you don't even use an optimizer. Yeah, and you want to play NHL because NHL was the only sport playing on Thursday. Yeah. Going to one of these sites and just doing a like the sim and running 150 lineups out of there is way better than you just completely guessing or just downloading stochastics projections and guessing. 
And I will say one thing that rubs me a little bit of the wrong way, and I understand there's the the territorial, the tribal thing of my sim's better than yours, my site's better than yours, yada, yada. But there's this element of like gatekeeping with the sim stuff of being like, oh, that sim product is flawed or how it spits out the ROI is flawed. When I think everyone can universally agree that those tools are making average players, people of my caliber player, better players. And like, there seems to be like a gatekeeping thing of like, oh, that sim thing that you buy for a monthly subscription isn't as good as my holistic process that pulls all these levers. And therefore that's like worthless to you. And it's like, well, I'm sorry. I, I can't spin up my own sim, my own models that I can change for every slate. You know, like I have to rely on these other sims in these products to help make me a better player. And so I do think for the average player that sometimes I don't like that kind of takeaway of being like, oh, that thing you pay for to make you better because you're not able to do what I do on a high level. Yeah, that sucks. It would, it would also have to be even more than that. Wouldn't the, yeah, you have to. Did Brian freeze on me? Oh, I was like, holy cow. He is really going deep here for this thought, but I do believe Brian froze on me here, but this is the, I might have to take a screen grab of this because this is the most pensive look Brian has ever had. This is going on a thumbnail here. I got the screen grab. We'll see if Brian comes back in a second. Uh, Brian did drop off here. Uh, there you go. Um, I think, well, I'll make sure. Here here, here he is. Brian, you, you, I did get a screen grab. Of I heard you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you can't hear me. How bad is it? Um, and I had a, what was my point? What the hell were we talking about? Oh, yeah. I, I was saying like that you, you have to say that these Sims are worse than an optimizer. Oh, wow. I'm really thinking. I do that the up the and thing. left yeah. thing. thing. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Sorry, what were you saying about the the Sims first optimizer? Like you have to say you you have to say that it's actively making you worse than an optimizer. Right. I mean, it's it's possible, I guess, but like like that's what you're comparing it to for the tool most people use to enter more than you know ten lineups. Right, and I do think in the same way, like if the way it probably would make you worse is more of like a bankroll management type thing where you're like, oh man, I'm going to spit out 150 simmed lineups that grade well. I'm going to put this in. I'm going to play above my bankroll because this is telling me these lineups have a good ROI. But that's more of a bankroll management thing than yeah. it is like uh, the sim is making you a worse player. Maybe, maybe that is the thing, Brian, that the sim has a chance or an optimizer has a chance to make you more overconfident than you should be relative to your expected return in a contest. I think that's fair. That's fair. That's a fair criticism. But like just like saying that it's it actively makes you worse than just using an right. optimizer. I think that's a pretty bold bold claim. But I mean, I guess I guess that's possible. But really, I mean, really, you're just you just, you want to like make a whole bunch of lineups and then grade them somehow. <laughs> How are you doing that? That's basically yeah. what DFS is. And then and then there's some other you know like ideas of like how you should enter groups of 50 or 20 lineups through some other portfolio kind of things you can do and stuff like that. So like you think that it's making uh, people worse. Okay. Um, that I would need. And, but, and then, and then just kind of the way he was explaining his reasoning for why you, you would be worse. It didn't really, I think I could poke holes in that, but like I said, I would have to say, well, you could do this to solve that. And you could do this to solve that. And right. I don't want to. So like, and there's also going back to like interview styles. There's nothing wrong with just letting somebody go give their take and you don't have to push back 100% on everything they say all the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's honestly a compliment, Brian, because we've had 
some good shows and some conversation starter shows. And then the truth is we're not going to have the greatest DFS player of all time coming on to talk about collusion in DFS every week. We're not going to have a chess is okay. Who is going to want to go line by line through every single player in the industry and light them up. Sometimes we're going to have four straight weeks of boring SIM shows and people are just going to have to <laughs> deal with it. That's that's true. I, you know, I was me been meaning to talk to you about this. I know, I know we don't have a lot of time, but it won't take long. I like, I like podcasts where yeah. like the guy, like the people just talk and like when the guests come on, they join the conversation. Yes. And so like, we've kind of done that, but also we like, I guess we play the game. I'm not saying we do anything wrong here. I'm just saying like, I do kind of like, I, I don't know how these guys would work with that. Like if we were just going to talk about four topics, whatever they might be like, yeah. Would you to cow act, would that actually even work as a format? Probably not because there's two elements there. One, there's how comfortable are you just being on camera and shooting the shit about anything like we could have davis our friend davis on and davis would shoot the shit with us about anything we wanted to right. talk about and there's two things there there's a familiarity both of us have podcasted with davis a ton and all three of us have done a ton of collective hours on there so you can fall into that and then there's the people who even even whistles you can tell is still more of like uh i will answer your question as opposed to like let's have a conversation about stuff and that's not saying anything about him but a lot of people i think would fall into that bucket of yes i will answer your question but i'm not giving we're not just sitting around the campfire and having a combo right yeah he he does that a lot he he did it in the first one for sure maybe our second one too is it's an he thinks it's just like an interview with espn or something you know like and where yeah. especially when we first started this we were it was a lot more bullshitting you know and just back and forth not and give us your answer and then move on. And ultimately, I and I don't know how you feel. I, I like the the variety. I like when you and I just have some shows where we kind of just bullshit and talk things through. I like it when we randomly have a friend that we know really well that comes on that can just immediately fall in line and we're not having to interview them. And I also like when we bring on interesting guests, especially ones who aren't what I would consider overexposed right? Yuda's done two podcasts. Chess is okay. This was the first podcast he did. Like when we can actually bring someone who hasn't really publicly shared their thoughts a bunch, I do think that's always an interesting angle too, even though they all have different vibes to the, to the show style. Yep. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. You sold me. Um, I th we, I, I think we need to do uh, some more sports bettings. Sports betting too. I know we're, we're, we're over time here, but the sports betting with Captain Jack and stuff was like it, the content. We've said this a bunch of times, but the content's so boring. You know, like it's hard to make fun, interesting stuff with sports betting in general. I feel like, and so it's got to yeah. be, it's got to be a drain uh, on some of those guys, like to, to deal with customer service and try to produce content. But like it'd be, it would be fun to get some of those guys on. Yeah, and it does seem like sports betting content. It's like so polarized, right? It's either like these are the tools. Here are you know the resource. Ed Miller just came out with his new sports betting book that has a lot of good thoughts on you know the current landscape of of modern sports betting and all that. So there's like that. There's like the smart heady stuff, but you're not like pulling in a shit ton of views or engagement with that kind of content or there's just the full-blown tout shill 
whatever, tail me, here's my units, whatever. And a lot of those people have developed pretty large followings and personalities from that style. They're not long-term winning betters, but they're entertaining and they share their picks. Uh, and so it's like finding that happy medium in between of entertaining sports betting content. I mean, I, I've mentioned it before that I think the closest thing is like the future sweat or a live sweat element. Like I find that to be kind of maybe that middle Venn diagram, but it's hard, man. There's a reason that very few people have been able to do it well or consistently. Like if you can point me in that direction, um, I will be, I will be all ears. Yeah. Um, whale camper, their podcast is pretty popular, yeah. that, that, but not a lot. It seems like these, uh, five and six pick slips are pretty fairly popular on Twitter, but it makes more sense on Twitter. Cause you just pop one on there. People can tell you or they can't, and it's usually a decent payout. Um, but it's still not super exciting. And also they're facing a lot of legislative pushback there too. So yeah, some problems. Uh, I love this suggestion. We've had Mayo on before. He's definitely a guy that uh, can slide right in. And yeah, talk he can about be anything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did definitely. you see? I think I saw Mayo uh, won a, a ticket to the uh, the DraftKings. What is it? King of the Beach? King of the Beach. Okay. I saw yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So he so, likes uh, live finals, apparently. I guess. Yeah. I'm in the well, I, saw his, I, guess. I saw his screenshot. And again, I guess I couldn't see the entire screenshot, but he had only played a few contests and like his biggest contest was the qualifier. So he was like specifically playing with the queue in mind. It wasn't like some other lineup that he just randomly tossed in. Like that did seem like his goal with that lineup, which is cool. I don't know why you just wouldn't want the 10 grand. <laughs> well, Brian, and then where's the vacation at? Like just then buy a ticket there. I know. This is why we're so different, Brian, because even I, uh, on, on underdog, I keep trying to win uh, a seat to their Miami life final. They got the dog bowl, uh, yeah. qualifier. I did going one. I did one this year. You did one. I did one entry and that got my ass kicked. Yeah. I had 86% Montgomery on underdog last week. I did. Oh no. Yeah. You've have you been scanned when you said 86%, is that primarily in battle Royale? Yeah, I had I had fifty one entries in the battle royale. I was trying okay. to get that seventy five for that because now they have that rake back, the rake back, which yeah. is great a great program. I want to support like companies that do that. So yeah. I wanted to get to seventy five, but it, it filled too fast. Like they need a just a little bigger. I wish that law would be changed. I wish instead of lobbying to limit your competition, they would all lobby to get rid of the rule that you have to have a set amount max. For GPP, yeah. so we could all enter whenever we wanted, and it would they would get much bigger and be better for everybody. But instead, it's not how the game's played, Pete. And I actually do think you know we've talked about it with DFS and how. Uh, or for like DraftKings and how that would actually probably be a pain in the ass for your system, right? Where you're like, holy cow, the contest is now 30,000 more entries than when I put in my entries and how you would probably have to go and rechange stuff. But with a rolling contest, like where everyone's doing individual six-person drafts, I actually think like a flexible limit on like however many entries want to get in, keep doing drafts until it locks or whatever actually works for both like the player and the site in a conventional way. That's true. And, and, dra and, and underdogs a lot harder. Like, like I wouldn't be doing a 30,000 man sim and then, you know, it turns out it's going to be 60,000 anyways. So yeah, it, it, it wouldn't, it would make it harder on DFS uh, to, to kind of guess what the, but I mean, I think eventually it would probably lock in something like it's going to be around 75,000 usually. So it doesn't matter if it shows only 20 right now. I know people really come Sunday morning and enter up to usually around 70k so like i think it would all it would all work out
I, I should mention, Brian, I didn't know if you knew about it last week, but they do have, um, because the dog bowl hasn't been filling, there's been overlay, but they've done some promos. And so this week, the promo is, um, it's a $25 entry for every, if you get to 10 entries. So if you put in at least 250, any of your lineups that finish in the top 2000, which I believe is the top 38% of the contest, you get your money back. And they did the same thing last week. It was $50 entry, however many finished in the top thousand. So I had like 12 entries and I had six of them, half of them that finished in the top thousand. So I got 300 back. Um, mm. And so it was basically getting like buy one, get one free for me. At least it was last this week. So if you end up doing like six or seven dog bowls, just at least get to 10 because either do like one or two or do 10, because if you get to 10, you can essentially, um, I don't want to say quite a free roll because you still have to finish in right. the top thousand, yeah. but it is a pretty good rake back uh, opportunity there for your successful lineups. Got it. Yeah. Just don't need my number one guy to get injured after two carries or whatever. I know that would help. The, I, the got, I got part, like 5% of my money back. It was brutal. The best part will be Brian, when you win the queue on like one or two dog bowl bullets this week and then are like, yeah, I don't want to go to Miami. It's <laughs> that I, I have to be your proxy at the party <laughs> while you draft for $200,000. Yeah. Why not? That'll be fun. Everyone yeah. wins. Yeah. Um, all right. I do got to get going. Uh, appreciate uh, you guys. And, you know, maybe Brian, maybe I was being too hard when I said, People only come on here for, you know, a transactional ulterior. I think anything in life you can boil down to that, even altruistic things. But I do think that I am shortchanging uh, our guests and our friends who do, who do like coming and chopping it up with us, even if they're getting their Q rating boosted uh, by having a favorable appearance on our show. Yes. I think you were making like a philosophical point about human yes. behavior in general. Yes. Like petting a dog is also like selfish, you could you could say, in philosophy class, right? I get it. I got it. That's what I was saying. I thought your pure. libertarian sensibilities would appreciate a point like that. I Yeah, more philo yeah. philosophical sensibilities. Yeah, I get yeah. things that really don't, don't – like people can easily mis misunderstand and get offended by. Yeah. So like yeah. – uh, but no, yeah, I'm like Alex and those guys, they're not – like Alex doesn't care if we get one more sub for some guest. You know? No, but I do think it is worth bringing up, right, because – at least in general, there this audience, right? Like we talk about how big is the actual audience and demographic for like purchasing Sims products. Like our audience now hits that in the absolute fucking bullseye sweet spot. Like who else has made this much just general Sims content, not about a specific Sim product? Like I, I don't think anyone has made more Sim content than us. So if you had a Sim product, if you had products that were adjacent to Sims, you would probably like to get it in front of our audience. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, that, that I'm sure that doesn't hurt. Yeah. Um, I think there's a chicken and egg thing there because I think we popularized Sims from this show. You invented <laughs> Sims. Bro. I mean, Nerdy Tanner technically did solely destroy DFS, but we did kind of popularize that and and dupes too, which which are brutal, man. And in, in Showdown, we should have asked them that. Uh, where, where does he see DFS going? And because he, I mean, he was, you know, uh, you would basically said like, oh no, it's still easily beatable. You just have to be a genius like me and uh, you make all the money. And, and then yeah. he kind of relented. It was harder than 2016 or whatever the question I asked him, but whistles said like he used to make way more at showdown than he does yeah. now. So like, at least he's admitting um, that the games are harder. 
that's honestly the most, I mean, I, I know he's on a year sabbatical right now, but as someone who has a, a one-year-old and, you know, a day job and likes to play DFS as a hobby, like the fact that he has three kids is a full-time professor. And then he, he said, like, I play DFS as essentially like a full-time job. Like <laughs> the hours don't add up. <laughs> like the hour, like you're pushing like a hundred hours a week of, of commitments there. Uh, theoretically. So it is impressive. All of these guys, right? There's a mystery of how are they spending their time? You know, maybe most people are closer to the chess is okay than they're willing to admit with this 80 hours stuff. Uh, who knows? Maybe. I mean, it takes a while to just code. If he's coding all that himself, those yeah. that's a lot of hours. That's a lot of hours. Like even if you're using chat GPT, man, that thing breaks all the time. I mean, you guys, I'm sure you've done it, right? It's like network errors. Like, fuck, yeah. God, dude. Or you've used yeah. your 4.0 minutes uh, or characters up. It's so like it could, it could, I was working on something today, four hours. I didn't, I didn't even get it done for tonight. Really? So like, yeah. Jeez. Like, and so just like um, that I could, so I could definitely see it. Not to mention like the, the no ball guys, you know, who are, you know, just, just printing money, just watching games. You know, it's so easy. I don't know why yeah. don't, don't do it. Um. All right, uh, Brian, I got to get going. We'll get the audio up from this podcast. Anything else on your end? Um, I just, I, I, I was just saying the no ball guys, the uh, DraftKings for Oxen tier members, you get free NBA league pass now. Oh yeah, I did. I got, I got that. You got yeah. that? Nice. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. So now well, you I don't know NBA what, and win. You know, it's uh. I did it. Here's the trick though. When you go to get the email to redeem your free NBA league pass, you know, they give the promo code and it says $0, but they do make you put in your credit card to do it. And it does say the fine print auto renew. So here's the pro tip. If you got the league pass, sign up for it, put your credit card in immediately go in and cancel your subscription. It says you still have your subscription until September 2024 or whatever so you have it but go cancel it now otherwise nba will come back around and charge you next year for league pass so that's pro tip today all right i'll do that all right guys we'll see you next time on lols peace Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.